0: We're good to go.
1: Al, go for it. All right. I'm opening up the show today, guys. Welcome back to the Girl at the Game podcast. I am Alex Francisco of Nesson here with Gabrielle Starr, founder of Girl at the Game. And we have a pretty interesting episode for you guys today. Um, Not really like an interview we've ever done before. My old buddy Ryan McCollum is on the show today. He is a political consultant. He's the owner of RMC Strategies, a consultant firm, community leader back in Western Mass and the Springfield area. And I guess, disclaimer, we should say, apologize to any out-of-state fans. We're going to be talking about a lot of Massachusetts-based legislature and some things that are going on here with sports betting.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be Thanks on the Thanks for spot. being That's here. It. Yeah.
1: So Ryan, last time I saw you, we played in a golf tournament and together. Last minute threw together a foursome. And we were talking about some of the work you've been doing for a client involving sports betting and making it legal here in Massachusetts and making it so that patrons of bars and restaurants can participate. Yeah. Um, How did you get into this? Tell us a little about it.
2: Sure. So, um, well, thanks. Thanks again for having me. Um, so just to back up for everybody is, um, there was a Supreme court case a, a couple of years ago, um, in which the Supreme court found that barring certain States from allowing sports betting wasn't legal. And so, you know, originally you can, you could bet on sports in Nevada, New Jersey, and, uh, believe it or not, Delaware, uh, were the only States. And, um, so now it's legal throughout throughout the country and we've seen states popping up that have legalized it and so it's on each state um to figure out how they want to do it and if they want to do it and so here in massachusetts obviously we have a rich uh professional and to a degree college uh sports uh tradition um i think we have a lot of sports fans in our small little state that like to wager on a game here and there um but if they're doing so, they're doing so technically illegal, right? So you know people do so online and there's offshore accounts or they have they have a bookie or however they do it, they do it so the legislature um, in this tumultuous year twenty twenty um, has started to look at it, and they've been looking at it for over a year, and they have to balance different interests, so it's really not it's really not going to be if. I, originally, people were saying, oh, are we going to legalize it? It's really not an if anymore. We're going to legalize sports betting in Massachusetts. It's really how and who. Um, I worked for Governor Deval Patrick, and um, in, in I was his legislative director for economic development. And, you know, that's when we started talking about casinos that we have in Massachusetts now. Um, so obviously, the casinos want to see sports betting. Um, DraftKings is actually based in Massachusetts. DraftKings is already on, you know, doing sports betting in different states. They can really do it at a flick of a switch. Um, so many people have their app downloaded. All of a sudden, if they just wanted to flick the switch and, and allow you to bet um, on on single games or parlays or whatever, they could do it in Massachusetts. Um, and everything would be geofence, right? So in, in Pennsylvania now, you can bet on DraftKings, but if you go over the if you go over the border into Ohio and you pull up your DraftKings uh, account, you're not you're no longer able to bet on sports. So you have to be within the state jurisdiction. So the fight now is between you know the casinos and DraftKings or the online folks. You know they've kind of come together. So the casino interest in Massachusetts, for people who don't know, is MGM has a casino, MGM Springfield in Western Mass, and uh, the largest city in Western Mass, where I'm from. Um, Encore has a casino. Right outside of Boston and Everett, um, and then there is a slots parlor uh, in the southeastern part of the state in Plainridge, um, where where they where they're talking about sports betting. So those are the interests, right? So you have the casino interests, you have the online interests, the lottery in certain states becomes an interest. The treasurer in Massachusetts, who runs our lottery, really hasn't spoken much about sports betting. At the hearing, they had a hearing last year. At the hearing, the treasurer said, "If you give us sports betting in some form or fashion, we'll do what the Massachusetts Lottery does, which is do it well and do it, you know, do it properly." Um, but she wasn't putting a flag in the ground, nor was she saying, "I don't want it." I worked with a lot of uh, bars and restaurants in my region um, around the casino stuff. When I left Governor Patrick and I started my own company. Um, what I do is I help people get elected and help them stay elected, but I also do some lobbying here and there um, and I had Mohegan Sun as a client during during um, when they had a fight for who 's going to get the casinos in the different regions. Uh, Mohegan Sun is a large casino in Connecticut, so I got to know bars and restaurants through my work with Mohegan Sun because what we wanted to do was talk to them all and let them realize that a casino in Palmer, which is kind of in a rural area wasn 't going to impact. All the bars and restaurants in uh, the Springfield area, with all that said, i you know I have great relationships there um, sports betting came came around last year, and I was always talking to these guys about there's opportunities to have them offer sports betting and so how it would work how it would work, and if you want to envision it, the best way to think about it is when you're in a, when you're in a bar and you know, those jukeboxes where there's like a touch screen. So you go over to the corner of the bar and you, you know, if you're Alex, you're throwing on, I don't know, Sync or something that she grew up on. Um,
1: oh my God. Come on. <laughs> that. We sat next to each other in the office and I vibe with all your rap, all your Leon bridges. That's yeah. my stuff. <laughs> I know.
2: I, I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: So Meanwhile,
0: Insync was my ringtone for like ten years. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, I don't want to date myself, but Insync was not my jam. Though so Justin Timberlake, I, I'm I'm a JT guy. Saw him in Fenway with Jay Z. That was great. One of the best concerts oh, I ever. Oh, I
0: saw I saw him at T D.
2: Jay Z JT at Fenway was dope. Um, but anyways, um, you think you know those touch screen jukeboxes? Well, they basically be a touch screen kiosk for you to put put a bet in. So us three go to the bar um what was the bar you were mentioning brookline uh gabrielle
0: oh um
2: the sports bar
0: it's i think it's called the coolidge corner clubhouse i always just know it as the place where i get the they have the burgers that are named after like they have the yaz burger the gronk burger
2: so big poppy dog or whatever and so um, yeah
0: something like that (laughs)
2: love that place so so we meet there and then the celtics are coming on in 15 minutes let's say um, and I say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put 25 bucks on the Celts. You go to the kiosk, the Celtics are, you know, they're given six, meaning that, you know, they got to win by six, um, or more. And, um, the odds are, you know, usually like this kind of gets into the weeds a little bit, but like minus 110, meaning like there's going to be a little bit of juice. You're not going to win back exactly what you bet. Um, and so I put 25 bucks on the Celtics, um, either with a card or with cash, uh, you know, you just touch the screen to make the bet, and then you get a slip, and then we sit there and we enjoy the game. That is that is what my client would like to do is to to make deals with retailers to put kiosks in their bars or restaurants. Um, we think it's particularly now because we've been lobbying for a while, but you know we were lobbying pre pre COVID. Um, we think particularly now post COVID, uh, it makes even more sense to allow. Some of these bars and restaurants which is an industry that was obviously particularly hard hit by covid as a way to as a way to keep some butts in the seats right so instead of us saying you know i, I like watching the game but maybe i'm gonna go home and watch the second half i might i might stick around um, because i might want to cash out my ticket there or a way to originally go there what are you guys doing sunday Hey, let's go meet um, at the sports bar to watch the Pats, and I can also throw 50 bucks on the Patriots while we do that. Um,
1: so right now, go ahead. Sorry, essentially, it's like a way more interactive kino type deal, which people love.
2: Right. So originally, we were just looking at kino establishments like to legalize, right? So any place with kino would be allowed to have a sports kiosk, sports betting kiosk if they'd like. And that made sense because they're already heavily regulated, right? So you're heavily regulated because you have a liquor license and the Alcohol, Beverage and Control Commission does regular checks to make sure when you pour a shot, you're pouring a shot and you're not pouring a a pint glass full of vodka. So there's a lot of regulations that folks with liquor licenses and folks with lottery licenses have to, to adhere to and they have to be trained to properly ID somebody and make sure they're 18 to play Kino, et cetera. So it made sense. So, yes, it's a lot like Kino, but Kino's a game of luck. That's where sports betting kind of became different because it's deemed not a game of luck, but a game of strategy. And that's why poker's different or blackjack's different than just randomly picking numbers. Um, and so that's where they've made that delineation and, and where states have lottery and they have scratch tickets and they have mega millions in Keno but those are technically games of luck. If you wanna do games that take skill or strategy like poker, blackjack, sports betting, you need to legalize it in a different way. Um, When we legalized casinos in Massachusetts, we also created a gaming commission. So there's a gaming commission appointed by the governor who is in charge of promulgating regulations and enforcement and all the other jazz. Uh, The state police have their own division their own gaming division, and they're the enforcement folks. Um, so when it comes to sports betting, the way the legislature is prob- is envisioning it is the Gaming Commission would most likely be in charge of um, you know, regulating uh, sports betting. So for us, we're leaving a lot of it to the Gaming Commission to say, well, these are the retailers that you can deal with. You can deal with whatever they pick. They might say, we like the idea of folks having a liquor license because they're already heavily regulated. So you can't go into, you know, the local convenience store and put a bet on the Celtics. Or they might say you can. They might just say everybody who has lottery can do it. Or any retailer that is able to make sure that folks are over 18 can do it. Whatever they envision um, would be the way to do it. So the real fight is now that DraftKings, and to a degree, FanDuel. Did you guys see that FanDuel was just like they didn't their, their whole system shut down on Sunday?
1: Yeah, like, I'm I in one FanDuel league
2: and it was like they weren't showing that like that's the best part of it is like watching the games and watching everybody get scores. It was so Bush League like it was just zeros. And I'm like, this game is halfway through and I have a zero for Mahomes. Like, how is that? Um, so I, they, there was a lot of angry people. I don't know what they're going to do about it. But basically,
0: wow.
2: yeah, but basically what casinos and these folks like to do is carve out their own monopolies, right? And so right now they have a monopoly, right? They have a monopoly in, if you want to play, if you want to play blackjack legally, the only place you can play blackjack legally is two places in Massachusetts, one in Boston, one in Springfield. They have or, a What's that?
1: You, or a quick ride over the border, right?
2: Correct, right? Leaving so, the state. But as far as, yeah, but as far as like a, you know, a monopoly in the state of Massachusetts, you know, there's certain things that casinos have, they they have slot machines, they have, they're, they're the only place you can do it. They also are exempt from the happy hour law, which would be another podcast. But um, in Massachusetts, you can't, you can't have happy hour technically. When you offer a, right. when you offer a beer at a certain price, it needs to say that certain price, I think for two weeks or a month. And that's that that eliminates happy hour, right, so even if you wanted to run a special on Coors Lights during the Patriots game for six for six bucks, it would have to stay six for six bucks for two weeks, no matter what time and that's why that's why there's no happy hour, so you can't give away drinks the casino of course, you can get free drinks and they can charge they can charge whatever they want whenever they want because they they carved themselves out or the legislature carved them out in the in the legislation enabling the casinos. So they want they want a monopoly for people who are betting in person. Right. And so our argument has always been if you if if you live in Worcester, which is in the middle of the state, an hour away from Springfield and an hour away from Boston, and I want to put twenty five dollars from my pocket on the Celtics, I shouldn't have to drive an hour to Springfield or an hour to Boston to go into a casino to do that so that it's geographically unfair for people who want to bet having a, you know, a new legal adult use who don't live near a casino or who don't want to go into a casino. I might live near a casino, but I don't want to go in there to put a a bet in. So it's geographically unfair to a lot of people in Massachusetts. It will raise a lot more money if there are places, more places where you can legally and safely bet on sports. So that place in Worcester, that's in the middle of the state, you're going to raise more revenue because that guy's twenty five dollars. It's either staying in his pocket, or he's betting it with poly Walnuts, right? Um, <laughs> and so, and I didn't want to like that. That's a neutral name, right? I didn't want to say one kind of people do more sports betting booking than the other. What's uh, the one we
1: used last week, Gabrielle? Like Johnny Waltham or something.
2: Donnie yeah, fan. something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Joey, Joey Worcester, okay. So he doesn't want to put uh, twenty-five bucks, you know, twenty-five bucks of Joey Worcester. That does not go back into the local economy the same way, right? Um, and so, geographically, it's unfair. The Joey Worcester issue is for folks who have a problem with sports betting, and they they find it to be predatory. They find it to be sometimes an addictive, not sometimes, many times an addictive um, habit. If you can safely and legally bet, you can do two things. One, you're not betting on consignment technically, right? So I have to take the $25 out, put it into the machine. And if I win, I'll get like $49 back, right? If I'm betting with Joey Wooster, I call him or I go onto my offshore internet thing and I'm betting $25, but I don't ever give him $25. And so now you're betting money you don't have, which is more dangerous for right. folks with addictions, right? Because now they are they lose and they start chasing it and they're continuing to bet with money they don't have. And then when you bet with money you don't have, Joey Worcester wants his money at some point. So either he's going to be charging you points, meaning he's going to be charging crazy interest because you're not paying him when you're supposed to pay him. And or he's sending people to your house. He's threatening your kids. Um, and then you, you wind up in a hole. Um, and those, there's a lot of devastating effects from that, right? You wind up in a hole and now the tuition for your kids' um, childcare isn't there the same way that it was. And your wife's like, where's that $3,000 for daycare? And you're like, well, I don't know. And then now your wife, you and your wife are fighting and now it's easy to drink more. and like, So there's, there's all these issues that can come from that wherein if you can safely and legally bet, you can try to mitigate some of those issues. And it's, and it's on top of it, when the state is taking in those mo- those monies, a portion of those monies is set aside for problem gambling, right? And so you've probably seen it, whether it's a keynote slip or a lottery commercial or, or billboard, there's a billboard, there's always a number that says, if you have a problem, please call, blah, 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 blah. And there's real money, because when we worked on it with Governor Patrick, there's real money for real professionals who know how to deal with those problems coming from the sales of those tickets. And they would come from the wagers bet. That's another reason why we think it makes a lot of sense. Also considering COVID and two, and two important areas. Like I mentioned before, these, these, these industries are getting killed by COVID. And so here's a way to help um, as we start to open up more, as people I know, we can now sit at a bar as long as we're eating mozzarella sticks. That's another podcast about COVID and opening up businesses. But now I might decide to go into a bar, the local bar, where I know the bartender and I know the owner and say, you know what, I'm going to spend some money on a couple of drinks and some apps. And I can also bet on the Patriots while I'm there. So now I'm there. It's not a loss leader, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a magnet to get people to come in. But with COVID, also on a on a on a uh, more of a forty thousand foot view, is is the state budgets are being ravaged by COVID. Uh, we're you know the feds in the states are coming out of their pocket to help people and businesses and industries that need it during COVID, and so we need more revenue. And so the more places and that you can safely and legally bet the more money is gonna come in and the state's gonna be able to have more revenue to help with all these issues. And so for us, it's a no brainer. The biggest issue for us is we don't have a natural lobbying organization. So the casinos have, you know, they have a lot of money for the best lobbyists who have the best relationships on Beacon Hill and DraftKings actually has very similar um, relationships. And so for them, they don't want the mom and pop in Worcester, the the, the local bar in Lowell or the, the well-loved neighborhood restaurant in Springfield to have this because if they have it, it'll be money out of their pocket.
1: So all this talk about sports betting, this episode may have compelled you to get in on the action. And though you can't do that yet anywhere in Massachusetts, still you can hit up betonline.ag, one of our sponsors.
0: BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can give in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online.
1: We're now in week NFL season and there's all sorts of bonuses and incentives there to get you started off wagering on to win division and championship futures today.
0: Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses bet online, your online sports book experts.
2: And we're talking, you know, DraftKings is based in Massachusetts, but I mean, we're talking about Nevada companies where, you know, we're talking about. We're not talking about small businesses that employ, um, you know, a, a bartender working her way through college, or a single mother who's a waitress who has this as her second job to pay for the aforementioned daycare I was talking about. You know, these these neighborhood bars and restaurants are a lot of times the lifeblood of those communities that are providing jobs for people who really need them so i started a group called fair play massachusetts which is um kind of an advocacy arm for those folks but it's it's hard to get bar owners and restaurant owners to focus on this especially during covid you know so i i'll approach a bar owner and say hey would you love to have a sports betting kiosk in your bar you know we need to we need to make sure the legislature you know we have to advocate that the legislature does so They're like, yeah, but on the list of things I have going right now, that's the least of my worries, even though I would love to have it. Um, There is no natural organization or industry group either, because the Mass Restaurants Association, it deals with all the restaurants, but not all restaurants are bars. And and very few of them, when you look at all the restaurants, have Kino, and very few of them would be a place where you're going to want to have a a kiosk. You're not going to want to go to you know, strip in in the South End and have a, a sports betting kiosk over there in the corner. So the Mass Restaurant Association, that's not their, that's not their biggest, prob uh, biggest priority. The Retailers Association, same thing. Like, sure, a bar is a retailer, but so is, you know, uh, the gap. So there's no there was no natural there's no natural bar association that has lobbyists or government. Uh, relations folks doing this. So I started Fair Play Massachusetts and I since hooked up with a company that's based out of Greece that has been doing what I'm talking about and working with lotteries and working with retailers in different jurisdictions. D.C. is a place where they're doing all the kiosks and in D.C. it's going to be the bars and restaurants where you can make these wagers. Um, So we model a lot of it after D.C., the executive director, who is a rock star, her name's Beth Bresnahan. She used to be the executive director of the lottery in Massachusetts. She's now in DC. So her and I were pretty close. And and that's how I kind of got hooked up with it all. But what else they're doing that you guys and some of the listeners might think is cool in DC and in some other districts is they're also geofencing the arenas. And so if you go to Nat Stadium or wherever the I wanted to say bullets. That's how old I am where the wizards or the caps are playing. (laughs) When you go in there, (laughs) when you go in there, you're able to bet. So they'll have their own jurisdiction. So now you won't, you can't bet it. You can bet at the bar restaurant, take the slip over and watch the game, but you could go on your phone during the game and bet. And that's where it gets pretty cool where you can do some, and I don't want to get in the weeds too much, but you can do some in-game betting, right? So you're at the caps game and it's, you know you can put twenty five bucks that the capitals score the next goal um, and then you can wait and see who scores the next goal right on your phone, or they could have the in person betting like a betting place inside the inside the arena um, so they've been geofencing arenas which is, is is pretty neat so Massachusetts I mean that's our argument um, the company I'm working with is making that argument pretty strongly. the house. So in Massachusetts, for folks who like many states, but for folks who might not follow politics or government all that much, there's there's a House of Representatives and there's a Senate there's a Senate. So it's bicameral, they call it. And so the House has 160 members um, that represent districts throughout the state, and the Senate has 40. And legislation can start in the House, can start in either places, but The legislation can start in the House, and then the Senate, does. they can either do the same thing or they do their own version of it, Um, and sometimes they tack things on. So this summer, there was an economic development bill, which had a whole host of different things to help out our our economy. The House put in their, their version of sports betting into that bill. That version is the one I was talking about earlier that doesn't include retailers, so the only places you could bet in person would be the casinos. They also threw in the tracks. So there's, you know, a dog track and a horse track. So those are the only places you could bet in person or you could bet online. And to back up, when I was at the hearing, a couple of the reps asked, well, well, why don't you know, the guy in Worcester, why doesn't he just bet online? And I explained to him that not everybody wants to download an app on their phone to gamble. So the people who want to do it just because it's a convenience and it might be fun aren't going to like you know hey i want to the Celtics are coming on i want to put 25 bucks on them let me download this app so i can connect it to my card and put in my my credit card number and then put 25 bucks on the Celtics they just want to pull 25 bucks out of their pocket and bet on it there are also people who are just not technically savvy who don't want apps on their phone or don't know how to use apps or are nervous about id theft who don't want an app on their phone for whatever reason And there are also people who just know their own habits. They know it's getting into that almost like consignment situation with Joey Worcester because I'm not using actual cash. It's connected to a card that I just bang out every now and then. It doesn't feel like real money until I really look at my bank account and it's down 700 bucks that I didn't even realize. So they know their own habits and they don't want to connect their bank account to their phone or they don't want their husband or wife knowing how much money they're spending on gambling because they have a joint account. There's plenty of reasons why people won't bet online. Um, and so that's not a good answer to the guy in Worcester or gal in Worcester who wants to bet that oh, all they have to do is download draft. And so the house version only had betting in person at the casinos or betting online through DraftKings, And I think FanDuel would qualify. Of course, when they drafted the legislation, They made it so that they are kind of carved out. Like, I forget word for word what it is, but it's like the only people, the only entities that can offer mobile sports betting are entities that have been offering fantasy sports in the jurisdiction for six years or something. You know what I mean? Like, something like where a new company couldn't necessarily do it. So the House passed that, sent over the economic development bill with that language in it. And the Senate decided that was not the venue they wanted to have the sports betting debate. In. So they didn't do anything. There were amendments that were gonna be filed. By the way, we filed an amendment on the House side that did not get passed. And our amendment would have added um, what I've been speaking about, like a, a third or fourth different license where these people, there's a license where they can go out and talk to retailers. Um, the other thing is DraftKings, MGM, Encore they could apply for that license too. And so MGM could have their own version of kiosks and go to, you know, whatever Nathan bills bar in Springfield and say, would you like an MGM kiosk? So you can bet, you know, people can bet on sports in here or DraftKings or what have you. Um So it wasn't exclusionary, like their languages, the Senate didn't take up the house version. And they said they were going to pick up something in the fall. That was at least the word, right. We're in the fall. We're in the, we're in the fall and sports betting just like for the bar owner isn't necessarily a huge priority for the legislature at the moment at the moment, right? They haven't even set their budget because of COVID. They're waiting on money from the feds to help them fund some of their budget and that that money is stuck between partisan fighting. And so they have that to do. They have all types of different COVID response things they're working on. They have all these different school districts doing all these different things when it talks about going back to school. There's so many different things to get back to this new normal that everybody's talking about that the legislature has, the legislature working with the governor has to iron out that I think sports betting is is not a huge priority. And I know for a lot of folks who are sports fans and like to like to bet, they want they, they 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 want it I went on mutt at night wei great guy you know he's been he's been pushing like we need this to happen we need this to happen because other states have done it around us right New Hampshire's done it Rhode Island's done it Connecticut's on the verge um, so it, it makes people antsy but if somebody's worked in the legislature and as somebody I worked in the state Senate for three different senators and I worked as I said for Governor Patrick Massachusetts We lead the way on a lot of things, right? So like gay marriage and a lot of civil rights issues. Um,
0: Marijuana.
2: Marijuana. Though we weren't, weren't like, we did marijuana and we did it before a lot of places in New England, but obviously California, Colorado. But we lead the way a lot of things, but also we're very deliberate in other things. And we like to look at what other states are doing. We like to not rush things. You know, every, and I'm a political consultant, so... I probably think about elected officials differently than a lot of people, but everybody kind of likes to, you know, crap on elected officials and politicians and they're all, they're all shady. They're all this or that regardless of party. Most people in the legislature are there because they want to make their community and their state a better place. And they're not dumb people. Um, And a lot of them, need to go to school on certain issues that they they have to know a lot about a lot, right? And so you have some people who don't even know what a spread is trying to take a vote one way or the other on sports betting. And so they're very deliberate and that's a good thing. And so you don't want to have to you don't want to you don't want to go back to a law to amend it too much. Most big laws do you do go back to amend them because there's unforeseen consequences. But something big like sports betting, something big like marijuana, something big like casinos, you want to get most of it right the first time. Because the unintended consequences sometimes end up in somebody's favor. And when something ends up in somebody's favor dramatically, they're going to work hard to protect that. And so if you mess up something, and then you got to go back and fix it, but you're like, you know, you try to fix it, it's going to hurt me now. Like, no, this is great for me. So So they try to get it right the first time. And I think that's what they're doing on top of having to deal with COVID. And we're happy that the Senate listened to us to a degree to say, you know, let's hold on and let's look at whether or not it makes sense for all these retailers throughout the Commonwealth, Uh, especially in like these gateway cities, they call them. So like the Springfields, the Worcesters, the Lawrence, Lowell's, there's a lot of old mill um, cities that are struggling that could use this little this little boost. Um, they're, they're all small business owners that own these bars and restaurants. And like I said, the employees that work there. So why not look at that? And and they are looking at it and, and we're happy that that's the case. But we might be looking at it next year until sports betting is legalized. And then who knows how long it will take for the gaming commission if they're in charge to set all the rules and boundaries and get it going. But I think by football season next year, you will be able to legally bet on sports and hopefully you'll be able to do it at your own corner bar.
1: Ryan, how much is this estimated to bring in financially for the state of Massachusetts every year if everything were to pass and you had all these different venues where you could go and partake in sports betting?
2: It's hard it's it's really it's a, it's a great question but it's it's really hard to estimate because we don't know how many how many bars would actually do it, but if you look at the lottery, the lottery brings in a billion dollars a year, give or take. Now, do we think sports betting will the same amount of money will be spent on sports betting as as the lottery? No, um, because the, just the amount of places where you can buy scratch tickets and keno and a pow, you know, a couple big powerball things and there's huge runs on tickets. But that billion dollars goes back to cities and towns. And so they take that billion dollars and they just it's a simple formula that and I believe it's still the formula, is they just divide that billion dollars by population. And you know, so Boston gets the most and then Worcester and then so it's a certain amount of money per person that goes back to those cities and towns. And what's great about lottery money for these cities and towns is it's They can use it for whatever they want. So there's money that comes from the state that has, you know, that's tied up to certain things like Chapter 70 is the money for schools. So Springfield gets a ton of Chapter 70 money. They have to use it for their schools. They can't say, all right, our police need a raise. Let's take some of that Chapter 70 money. So that's why lottery money is so important and so vital to all the cities and towns in, in, in Massachusetts because it's um, it's not, it's it's free for them to use where however they want to plug their their holes. So with that said, a billion dollars goes to the lottery every year. Governor Baker, I'm just looking it up now. Governor Baker had a figure, and again, his figure was his figure was uh, based off only casinos and only online. Thirty-five million. So he thinks that his his bill um, would result in thirty-five million in tax revenue. Though some other people think think it could be twice as high, right? So it's really it's a it's really hard to 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 gauge. I think I think if you add us, if if you go off Governor Baker's thirty-five million, and that's just casinos and online. Some people say it could be twice as much, so you're looking at seventy million. I think you add all these little mom and pops. There's 351 cities and towns. Um, so we're talking about thousands of other places where you would gamble. Obviously, you're not going to get the same type of action at Nathan Bills in Springfield as you do at MGM in Springfield, but you could look at another $25 million or so. So, you know, you could be around $100 million, a little bit maybe north of $100 million that comes in every year. That would be awesome. And and for us, it's not just $100 million in revenue that the state could could dole out to cities and towns, but it's the money that the patrons are going to spend on that extra beer or that extra pizza to come in and, and watch the game or to stay longer and watch the game.
0: Can you give us a little bit of insight on the, the college aspect of this? Because I know that in September, a bunch of college presidents from around Massachusetts, like some of the most prominent Boston College, BU, Harvard, Holy Cross, Northeastern, um, they signed a letter, you know, asking state lawmakers not to pass sports law, uh, any sports betting law that would include wagers on college sports. Yeah, and um, I and the athletic directors of those schools, you know, agreed with them on that. Yep. Can you talk about the college aspect of this, and also just the aspect in terms of for younger people, hypothetically, what restrictions would be in place to prevent? underage gambling and betting and um you know protecting people who should not be involved
2: yeah so on the college front and we were talking earlier like you know i am a former college football player not at a high level where there was there probably was lines on some of our games it was one double a but but we were never, I was never thinking, we were never thinking about, like, throwing a game. But we do have a history with the B.C. basketball scandal in the 80s or 70s. I'm sure you you ladies know more about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: what's the 30 for 30 that was on that?
2: It was good. Playing was for good. the mob,
1: BU, yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. No, I think it was B.C. Uh, but anyways, so, so I think, I personally think it's short-sighted. I understand, especially the BC and the Holy Cross with the Catholic Jesuit uh, attachment. I went to Marist, so we ha- I had that Catholic thing that um, you know they have to say they don't want it. But it, it only it only would equate in more into more eyes on the game, and the thought that the thought that you could have one of those scandals that we had in the seventies or eighties. As you're looking it up, I guess it's a thought. But when you legalize it, it doesn't it's less of that right like i'm not going to grab the quarterback's girlfriend and say you know you're not getting her back unless you unless you make sure you lose this game by 12 points so i could bet $5000 at MGM and leave some kind of trail like there's already illegal betting going on and so it would be more of the the black market bettors that would try to influence a, a game with a ref or a player or a coach so i think it's short sighted because if you know, it would it would actually put more eyes on their games if we could legally bet on them. As far as, I think maybe the solve would if they if they're so gung ho about it is is you just keep them off the board. You know I know UNLV is not or they used to not be on the board in Vegas, so you couldn't bet on UNLV because you could you have access to those players. So when you bet in Massachusetts, you can't bet on any games involving you know BC or Holy Cross or I don't know what other schools would actually be worth betting on, or I guess hockey, right? Like a UMass Lowell. So they're they're not there's not on the board. But if I want to bet on Notre Dame versus Michigan, I think I think they should be. And I think the legislature would be smart to allow that because you'd be leaving money on the table for these big time college sports. As far as uh protections for both folks who are underage and people who have problems. Is there there are especially in these machines, but also on mobile there are algorithms and there are ways to figure out um where somebody is chasing themselves and and their safeguards um and they and they won't let you bet uh if you've been losing and losing and losing and losing as far as uh and and i and I know the casinos are very good at that you know they they have decades of knowing how to find problem gamblers. Not only sports betting, but betting overall. And believe it or not, most of them try to limit that. Um, and then as far as uh, making sure that you know nobody underage, I, I imagine it would be 18 and over would be allowed, but maybe it'd be 21 and over in Massachusetts. They just making that cigarette ban 21 and over like that's a good another podcast where I can go to Afghanistan and be in a tank and be 19 years old and not pack, not be able to legally pack a lipper. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there are safeguards, right? So if I'm, if I'm Nathan Bill's bar and restaurant, you know, I'm, I, people who are under 21 are allowed into that restaurant. um, But you got to make sure they're not by that machine. And even if it's dad saying, here's 20 bucks, go bet on the Red Sox. They're trained um, to say, Hey dad, you got to put 20 bucks in. Um, the same way they are trained to not let the kids near the scratch ticket kiosks and for the bartender not to, you know, take a kino slip from a kid or serve a kid a drink. And so they're built in already and they're already, those liquor licenses and those lottery licenses, and what this would be is, is a sports betting license are very, very valuable and they don't want to lose it or get dinged or fined. Because they're they're being sloppy and not enforcing the law, and they ha- and and the state does do a lot of secret shopping, and they do they'll have somebody underage or somebody looks underage go in and and try to buy things all the time, and so it will probably the onus will be on the bars and restaurants to do what they already do, which is make sure that underage folks aren't drinking or, or betting on lottery, so they'll, they'll they'll put it on them for for sports betting as well.
1: So Ryan, I like, first of all, I want to thank you for like covering so much. I feel like you yeah. checked off so many of our questions as you went. Yeah, sorry. I just, no, no, talking. no, it's great. But before we do wrap up, I want to know that, like, obviously, like you said, restaurant owners and people that this could really impact have so much on their plate at once that signing petitions and going to hearings and trying to really rally for this to be expedited they just don't have the time for that right so if there's any people out there who kind of feel compelled to get involved in this cause who's kind of leading the fight on this which politicians should they be calling on the phone or is this something that's just like kind of completely in the hands of the Government already just waiting to go through
2: no, their voice is is needed and would definitely be heard and so uh, I guess a few things is um I don't mind giving my number, um, so my phone number is four one three three one three one four seven five so if anybody has any questions, um be they a bar owner, bar manager. Um, somebody who works at a bar, restaurant, or even a patron who's like, you know what, this sounds great. I want to talk to Bobby over at Bobby's Pizza about it. Uh, Feel free to call me or text me. Um, We have There's a website called Fair Play Mass. It's all one word, fairplaymass.com. There's information there. They can go there, and there's also contact information there. The biggest thing they can do, because, again, as somebody who's worked in the legislature and uh, for Governor Patrick, is speak to their legislator. And what I didn't mention that I usually mention is that these bars and restaurants that are the many times the heartbeat of their neighborhood or their city or town are places where these state reps and state senators frequent They're places where they have their fundraisers. These, these restaurant owners and these and bar managers, a lot of them don't know their own power when it comes to advocating for themselves. That if Bobby at Bobby's pizza says, hey, Senator so-and-so, you know, I just heard about sports betting and I really think that it makes sense for us to be allowed to, to, to have the opportunity here in Worcester. Um, they should tell their senator that. Um, they will make note of it. Um, so if they don't know who their senator or state rep is, it's very easy to find out. You can go online, just Google it. But a lot of these guys and gals who are business owners and managers at these places, they know their state reps and state senators because their state reps and state senators need to go to those places and be seen to get elected. Um, not only is it a place where they go, not only is it a place where they might have fundraisers, but it's also a place where you just go and you hear what's go- the local gossip and what's going on around town. Um, so they know these folks. Um, the bartenders know these folks. The waitresses and the waiters know these folks. So just put a bug in their ear and you don't need to, you don't need to necessarily know all the ins and outs. You just need to know that you want to have an opportunity to have sports betting. And why the hell not? Nobody's giving us an answer. Why the hell not? The casinos tried one time to say, well, you'll have loan sharks hanging out at the bar, loaning people money to bet. And I was like, come on. Like th- that, that's just, that's just not a good argument for why. twenty twenty. Well, yeah, and and it's it's 2020, and it's just like that loan shark would rather just place the bet, right? He'll say that's you know like that would be one of the only other arguments is that the juice is too high. So, you know, not to get in the weeds, but if you put if you put 100 bucks on the Celtics, if you put 100 bucks, if you want to win 100 bucks on the Celtics, you usually have to bet 110 bucks. The bookie might be sitting in there and go, hey, I got five points, so you only have to bet 105 bucks to win 100 bucks, like. Th- that's not going to happen, right? I, I, I'm paying, I'm paying maybe a little bit more juice to know that I do, I'm doing it legally, just like marijuana, right? I'm going to pay a little bit more money to go to a rec shop and legally buy something that has been tested and great than I would if I buy it on the corner. So the people who still want to buy in the corner are going to buy it on the corner. The people who still want to bet illegally because they get a better odd uh, they get better odds are going to do it. Um, so. These people, the, back to your question, they just have to talk to their legislators, talk to people who know the legislators, even if it's not a state rep or a state senator, it's a city councilor or a mayor or an alderman, just start talking about it because it's going to be good for those businesses.
0: Wow. I feel like I just got such an education. I had like so little knowledge on this and I was wondering because, you know, I keep hearing about it, but it can be kind of intimidating to just immerse yourself in a new subject, Ryan. So thank you. That was, you just took me to school.
2: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And, and, and thank you for the, the opportunity. And, it, and it's, I mean, it's just a cool thing and, it, and I overuse the term sexy, but it's, it's sexy to like think about being able to just to bet on sports. Um And I know you said you need to go to school on it, but these kiosks are, they, they're pretty, they're pretty user-friendly. And so that's the other thing. There's going to be people who never really thought about gambling who are going to gamble um, and maybe open it up to more of like a female audience. Right. And so if they want to put 25 bucks on Edelman making over four catches, they can go to the bar and do that. Like while they're at the bar and, and make the game more interesting. And, and I think that's one of the, uh, enticements of, of, of wagering on, uh, on a game. is it, it makes it more fun and interesting for some people, not everybody, um, but for some people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more interesting to watch a game to have some money on it and then all these different prop bets, which I didn't talk about earlier, but those are fun too to see, all right, well, this guy needs to rush for 65 or more yards for me to win. Um, it can make the game more fun.
1: And also, I feel like, People are kind of feeling incentivized right now to, or at least motivated to kind of help their communities. And like, I know David Freeman, the senior vice president of legal and government affairs for the Red Sox, testified in one of these state house hearings that sports betting, it's not going to be a home run to fix all the financial problems that professional sports leagues, teams, um, restaurants, local businesses are facing right now, but like definitely a pretty solid base hit
2: absolutely and dave freeman's a friend of mine we worked in the senate together he's a great guy he's smart as heck um and he worked for senate the senate president Travellini at the time and he's right and so it's 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 not a home run it's not a it's not a it's not a you know a fixer it's not going to fix everything it's not a silver bullet but it's it's a base hit as he as he described it and that's the other thing these sports the sports teams the franchises the leagues you know they got an interest in it too there's there's gonna be more eyes on the games like I talked about with college. But, you know, they have and we don't care one way or the other as far as we're advocating, but they you know, they they're asking for a piece too, you know, they're calling them integrity fees and they say that they want to take some of the money and and, and maybe hire folks and hire consultants or whatever they need to do to make sure that the game keeps its integrity, now that there's gonna be more betting. Um, so maybe that's a fix for the colleges. I'm sure if 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 BC or Holy Cross got some money, um, maybe they would they would uh, change their tune. But that gets into another podcast we should do about amateurism in the NCAA, which is terrible, and they should all be getting paid.
1: Perfect. We'll follow up with you when uh, the NBA starts to work out more things with the G League and their uh. little independent teams they've got going on. But uh, thank you so much, Ryan. One more time, can you tell our audience where they can find you on social media?
2: Sure. So uh, it's fairplaymass.com for the website. Uh, Facebook page is the same thing. It's, it's facebook.com backslash um, fairplaymass. Um, myself, my phone number is 413-313-1475. Um, and then I'm at rmc dash strategies.com. So that's my um, political consulting company. And if folks out there thinking about running for office or need any help with a friend who's running for office, they can go there as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so informative.
2: You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: So that was something a little different today, but super informative and interesting. If you're someone who's, you know, into politics or just cares about what's going on in our home state of Massachusetts, or you are someone who's into sports betting and gambling, we hope you really enjoyed this episode. Maybe you learned something new. I know that I definitely learned a lot from Ryan. And um, we also want to take this opportunity to remind you to please get out and vote on November 3rd. If you're mailing in your ballot, make sure you mail it in as soon as possible. You can also drop off your ballots and you can use the Massachusetts government website to find out exactly where you can drop off your ballots. And I'm going to link all of those resources in the show description for today's episode. But please, please, please go out, use your voice. It is such a privilege to be able to take part in a free election and Don't take it for granted. Please vote. We're not going to tell you who to vote for, but if you follow us on Twitter, you probably know what we think you should do on November 3rd, but please just vote. I am literally begging you. From me and Al and, uh, you know, women everywhere who care about our reproductive rights, please go out and vote. And as always, you know, you can follow us on social media at Girl at the Game on Twitter, Instagram. And TikTok because we have a TikTok now and not to brag, but we are not doing as badly as I thought that we would do. Um, so make sure to check all of those out. And for the eight millionth episode in a row, I have no proper way to sign this off.
1: <laughs> that just is our sign off awkwardness. Our, our
0: sign our sign off is failing. Um, you know what? It's kind of cute of us. I like it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Uh-huh. Let's go get a uh-huh. Hey, tell uh, me what you got, little mama.